Welcome to Pods and Pies. Um, I don't think I'm going to say sponsored by anymore until we get a real sponsor. So we, you know, we have pizza every week. Or every time That's we do great. one, right? But you're right. We don't, we can't say sponsored. It's not brought to you. I mean, really, it's brought to you by either Danny or Brent. Yeah. And, and the guest. Yeah. But we, we've been trying to get, like, the pie pizzeria or somebody else to give us, a, like, a free pie. Oh, every, yeah. Every podcast, but. Yeah. But yeah. we went Domino's today. We got a regular and a thin crust. So. There might be two bites taken out of the thin crust because Brent was uh, so hungry uh, I couldn't wait. Might be a few gone. <laughs> Here, man, take yeah, your pick. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, and we encourage we encourage you to you know eat eat as you can, but kind of the the issue is that hopefully you're talking most of the time, right? Yeah. So if you talk with your mouth full, dude, just talk with your mouth full. It's yeah. And especially fine. getting out of your your dungeon, that'll be normal for your me, house yeah. or whatever. Where now you in your you working from home? From home. Okay, so. Yeah. I know we're jumping ahead a little bit because we talked about before we started the podcast yeah, that good. they, and I'm sure we'd get into it, but they were, sh- they shut down all of their offices. Talk to us, just shut them all down. Shut across, them all down. Yeah. Across the board. Across the yeah, board. Across the board. And so do you, I mean, are there people that might like find a place to work that's not at home? They're just like, I don't, I know we don't have an office anywhere I can go to, but I cannot work from home. Yeah. We've got, we've got a few that have had to be creative and they're, uh, looking at the, some of the shared workspaces that are around. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, yeah, so yeah there's, there's a few. Uh, there, there's no question that small kids at home are disruptive. Yeah. And so, yeah, we've got, we've got a few that are being creative, but we've actually, we've watched our employees, I guess, become far more comfortable with it over time. Yeah. Initially, it was a shock to everybody. We were probably 85% office-based uh, when COVID hit. And we, we had, uh, we, we went almost immediately you know, about April to 100% at home base, and we uh, exited all of our leases and decided we're a cloud-based company, and so why not lead by example yeah. and uh, head so home? So this is going to be like into the future. You do think you'll go back to an office space, or is this like? Uh, I think we will to some degree, but I know that uh, at home work will always be an option for all of our employees. We've made that statement that if you, even if we build an office or reopen an office you can work from home as often as you choose. So that is, that's the future for sure. But we, we do see that for one, the culture that we used to have was very, there was an element of it that was office-based, be it the networking you had or the meals you shared or whatever it was. Yeah. And so we're, we're recrafting the culture a bit right now to try to figure out how to do this virtually. Yeah. And so our, uh, our Western European employees, which is our largest employee base, we're moving a little more quickly there, looking at offices again. But we'll see. We'll have to yeah. see what happens. I did. Sorry, jump ahead. We didn't even introduce the guest, Danny. Rod Lacey. <laughs> yes, Rod Lacey. With talk desk. I went desk. straight into like what we were talking about before. But <clears throat> yeah, talk desk. Yep. And you're the director of people. Yes. That's yep. your title, director of people. Yeah, it's uh, yeah VP VP of people. VP uh, of people. Yeah, yeah. VP of people. Yeah. Now is that is it the the term people due to you know, I mean, we've we've noticed a lot of people just don't like human resources, human capital, yeah. you know, like cause those, those things, right? And so we love, I, I love seeing how, not, it's not like you're totally creative, but you just kind of pick a word that suits the culture of the company, right? right. People or team or, or yeah. whatever, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's the focus on not a resource, but a person. You know, it's yeah. a focus on, on the individual. So yeah, that's, uh, we've gravitated towards that. So instead of a human resource business partner, it's the people business partners and yeah. you know, everything shifted that way. And it just, if nothing else, it's a subtle reminder of where we focus. So yeah. it's, it's been, it's been a good change. 
And talk to us based out of San Francisco? Yeah, headquarter, or headquarters Headquarters here? San Francisco. Okay. Uh, their largest employee base in the U.S. was here. I mean, it, it, it still is, I, I for sure. Um, but with this virtual, as I've, I'm, I'm doubling the size of my team right now, a lot of open positions, but I've hired all over the country. Uh, in fact, I've hired all over the world to fill positions. You can, if it's virtual, you just go out and find the best talent right. wherever they are. Which so that's kind of like a built benefit. You don't have to right? relocate. Yeah. Yeah. You're not limited to just like graduates and college kids. Exactly. Or, you know, stealing other cells or, or other um, talent from other companies, right? That right. Locally. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So it's been, it's been an interesting, that's been kind of fun actually to open the, just open the doors and you know, hired uh, my, my compensation person in Michigan. And, you know, I did hire uh, a business partner, you know, uh, out of Salt Lake, but I've got an Illinois new hire starting and San Francisco new hire started a couple, about a month ago. And so just where the talent's at, it's, uh, it's kind of fun just to say, cool, this is going to work out. Yeah. <clears throat> I noticed the shirt. Yeah. Utah Valley Wolverines representing. Yep. Now, representing, I, I teach there um, on the side. When okay. I was when I was consulting, I was a full time professor there as well. So I would consult oh, during the day and teach at night. Love uh, love the university setting, and uh, it was really cool to help build their HR management program. So I'm on a I guess a six month hiatus right now, but I start again in January teaching okay. uh, night classes there. That's awesome. So, yeah. so are you teaching like HR related I am. courses? Okay. Yep. Then you so, originally from like Utah? I mean, what, what's, no. where's, the, where's the background here? Because we, we usually like starting in the beginning. We're just going back. Oh, yeah, we go, we kind of started here and now we got to go back. But we usually okay. kind of like starting where you, yeah. kind of where you came from, where you grew up. Yeah, so I, I would say that uh, if you go like my high school and beyond was in Southeast Idaho, Pocatello, Idaho. Okay. And yeah. so... Um, that was my, my father worked for the railroad and that was a Union Pacific hub and so that's kind of where my childhood took us is where where the railroad hubbed and so yeah yeah now, what good. years like high school years what give us a reference I graduated in 87 okay so 87. yeah way way that's before Taysom Hill right so yeah. Yeah. right I know <laughs> so. I didn't even know that dude I it's funny I mean I'd like I've always liked BOU sports yep. um, I mean all sports around here but and I loved when he was playing there. Yeah. I never knew that he was from Pocatello until literally yesterday or Sunday when he played. I've watched him in, in the NFL, but they mentioned that on the on the TV. I'm like, holy crap, yep. I didn't know that he was. Yeah, so fam family's still there. My wife's family's still there. And so, um, and that's where my, that's where my better scholarships were out of high school. So my undergraduate degree was from Idaho State and then Okay. My first HR job was actually at Idaho State. So right after my bachelor's, oh, okay. started there, and I could get my MBA for $5 a credit, so I picked up my MBA oh, for that's $5 so a credit. Man, that's so, crazy. So no, no brainer. No brainer. No brainer. Um, so. What was your degree in, did you say? Sorry. Oh, no. For undergraduate, it was just in management with an HR emphasis, and okay. uh, MBA had kind of a marketing communications emphasis. But I've done, I did some schooling back in 2010 at University of Michigan, so I guess that's the big, the big uh, school on the resume there, but uh, probably the top, I would argue the top HR program in the country and really cool experience to, uh, you know, Dable Rich, uh, Wayne Brockbank, um, Richard Beatty, you know, some just really big name thought leaders in HR were the, uh, 
the ones that ran it every day. So, so did you actually go yeah. to Michigan or was yeah. it online? It was a so month, a month long, um, expensive event, but it was really not, again not five dollars a credit. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no more more than all of my undergraduate and graduate expenses no combined for that month. Yeah, it was it was a big investment, uh, but well worth it to. So you look sit. back and you think, okay, that was definitely that month. The investment into that was a yeah, was worth yeah, it was. So you walk out there, it's not even, I mean, it's not a degree, not really a certificate. You know, it'll say I'm, I'm, I've been through their advanced um, human resource executive program, which is like their top. Yeah. Um, you had to qualify to be admitted to it. Um, there were 16 of us in the class, most international. Um, and really? so but it was just, it was just a chance of a lifetime. So yeah, no regrets, good investment. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not a lot of people realize just how, they're not sure how to classify that, you know, when they see that on a yeah. LinkedIn or on a resume or something, they're not sure exactly yeah. what that is. So. Yeah, so you can't necessarily put like the Sherm title, right? No, not a title no. for it, so it's like, yeah, yeah. exactly. <coughs> Did you, uh, and you knew in college, like, okay, I'm going to emphasize, I'm going to have an emphasis in HR. Um, and you kind of just, I mean, is that when you decided, okay, that's probably a path I want to look at, or did you know, like, I'm going to do it, or, or, I mean, what was the mindset? Because we've talked to people that have just fallen into it. Most people don't know that beforehand. Right. No, I, my, my father's role at working for the railroad, he's a manager, and so yeah. I started, I actually started school as an accounting major, but I hated my first accounting class. I did. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, we, so you understand, we can, uh, but... I just thought, I can't do this. You know, I need people. I need the, I need the, uh, the interface with people. And I'm pretty quantitative. You know, I can still do love spreadsheets and things like that. But um, I was, I guess I was caught off guard as I started my accounting class and hated it because I thought that's what I wanted to be. And I knew that my dad was a manager of people. And I, well, maybe the management track is the way to go. But I, I literally took a pause almost in my undergraduate program I took an intro to business class where they introduced each of the disciplines the school offered and the two that I gravitated towards was human resources and marketing and so okay. undergraduate HR um, masters you know in marketing but yeah. I will say that I kind of although I was degreed in it feel really really lucky to have landed my first job because it's hard to get your first HR job sometimes you know so people do fall into it yeah. um, but it's hard to get in sometimes yeah so yeah, what were you doing at the university? I was. What was that first job? That first job was, oh, what did they call it? It was basically an HR specialist would be, but they, we were the personnel department way back then. I'm old enough that that was, you know, the personnel department. <laughs> and it was, uh, I literally started in the file room. Um, so I was a benefits guy. First job out as my specialty for, you know, the new hires and things like that. But literally the old dusty files and the university was already a hundred years old and so we had archived files that had dust mites and all kinds it was just i'm sure i've got something in my lungs from all the way back then but just anyway so yeah that was I, I, anyway so went from there to more of a more of an hr business partner we kind of created a business partnering across the university so so it was kind of cool that you know the hr business partner gets to go in and fire the coaching staffs after a bad season no way um yeah really? yeah so you work i mean you work with the dean over athletics but yeah. that was some of my you had to, did you have to fire any staff uh, yeah unfortunately staff? yeah yes. most of their teams have losing seasons no disrespect to 
to Idaho State, but they that's not their forte is is the athletic program yeah. in general. So yeah, we we fired a few coaching staffs. It's just uh, we've decided not to renew your contracts is the way they say it. But that's yeah. uh, it's a brutal profession. You think about being a, a coach. I mean, you got uh, Harbaugh's on the hot seat right now. Uh, you know, yeah, for, you're a Michigan guy. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Speaking of that, um, hey, don't don't hesitate to eat. It's, I'm gonna yeah, okay. I'm gonna eat. Yeah. Um, but as you were as you were mentioning that, dude, I, I remember back to uh, the movie Moneyball. Brad Pitt. Okay, there's a lot of business underlying business um, and life lessons that you can learn from from that movie. One of those was, you know, when he makes Jonah Hill the act the other actor like he's like, hey, you need to you need to learn how to fire people. He's like, why? I would never do that. He's like, no, you need to do that. You know, and obviously there are these professionals. And so when Jonah Hill does it, he just he just butchers it. I mean, he's talking about like where they can take their kids to school and you know enrolling your kids. And he's like, dude, no, it's a shot to the head. Yeah. It's like, would you rather have five shots to the chest and bleed to death, or would you want one shot to the head and be done? He's like, no, they're professionals. You know, like that's, that's, I just wonder, yeah. like in that experience, HR, he's like, sorry, man, we're moving on. Yeah. You know, here's the paperwork. Wish you luck. Yeah. Not renewing I mean, the contract. Would, that I've always learned that, and, and luckily I haven't never really had to get in yeah. a totally situation like that. But hey, one shot to the head, as awkward as that may be, it's it's never five to the chest because no one wants to just bleed to death. No, you talk them to death and try to make them feel good. It's just boom. Yeah, sorry man, you're out. Now they're, they're believe, yeah, there's a right way to do it. I, I yeah. it's like coach managers. I say if you're still talking after sixty seconds, you're saying too much. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. The, the meeting. The meeting should be over by then because yeah, one shot to the head. It's just and it's, it's, it's the most them. respectful way. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. probably not a bad lesson. I mean, to learn early on in your career too. Right, right. Like if you definitely are going to be somebody that's yeah, if you're going to be in that position. Because I don't know, maybe some companies don't like, don't do it like face to face, but. Um, Man, if you're doing all your, if you're doing all your, either restructuring or laying off whatever face to face, yeah, you better learn that real quick. Yeah, and there's there's so many bad examples of fails and you know, people. <laughs> I've had people call me and say, "Dude, my key card's not active," and I called in IT and said, "Well, they told me that you were no longer with the company." So they're learning like in all these no. odd, Ooh, indirect. Oh I, I can't, can't get, get into in my <laughs> email this morning. It's like, well. so yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot of wrong ways to do that. Yeah, that's not good. Luckily, I've never been on the, the receiving end of that. Knock yeah. on wood. I never, hopefully never will be. But shot to the head. I think I'd take a shot to the head for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. We all would. But uh, we so all what would. was after Idaho? So after Idaho, I uh, the university job was a great starter job for me. Got me into the door. But I guess I'm a, I'm a builder. I like to create and invent. And you can't really do that in a government setting. And so I... Had an opportunity to move to just north of Pocatello to take a job with a company called Melaleuca. Oh, yeah. Which uh, I was in there. I guess I started out as a senior HR manager. I uh, was quickly moved to director and then to VP of HR. So I was VP of HR there for, uh, what, seven of my eight years. Melaleuca? Uh, Melaleuca. It's, it's kind of like a, like a new skin or a, yeah, okay. a, a nature, you know, I guess. It's kind of like the new skin of Idaho. Yeah, it really is. It really kind is. Kind of like the name, the name recognition. Yeah. Okay. You know, anyway, I were, is that, and that's Idaho Falls. That's Idaho Falls, yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was there for, for eight years. Uh, great company, perfect for a guy that, you know, needed to create and develop. We were, you know, 600 employees when I started and, you know, 1,200 when I left. And, 
growing and expanding internationally. So that was super cool. And then I, uh, I recognized that my career was, it almost outgrown Southeast Idaho. That sounds arrogant, but I, I, I really, if you think about the companies that operate in Southeast Idaho, the big companies, there's not that many. And I had one of the best, probably the top four HR jobs in the area. So I started looking for a bigger market because my kids were getting older and I recognized that I probably couldn't. I wanted to keep them in the same schools and I moved around a lot as a railroad child as a kid. I'm seven moves before I was 14 years old. And that, so, was that all in Idaho or? Like, oh no, uh, California, over, it was yeah, the in the West, yeah, yep. Yeah. So it just, uh, I recognized that I may not be able to sit still in Southeast Idaho and I wanted to make a change while my kids are younger. So I floated some resumes out to all the major markets where I felt like I could find a home. And then if I needed to make a job change, I could move from a, a company to another without disrupting my family. And I had my best traction in Salt Lake. So I uh, took a big chance with the first company. It was a uh, holdings company for a bunch of retail wellness products. Um, recognizing was a chance. I watched their financials really closely. And when I could see that we were barely making payroll, I was about a year and a half in and uh, uh, 1-800-CONTACTS was hiring at the time and reached out and was lucky enough to get that opportunity. What so, year was that? Uh, that I came down? No, they kind of, well, yeah, you came down and then you yeah. said you came down and then a year after you were, you were at 1-800. Yeah. So, yeah, no, so I, I worked at this, uh, this holdings company from uh, 2006 to 2008. Oh, okay. So yeah. it, it was it was a fun ride for about 18 months because I was on the acquisitions team. We went all over the world um, looking at and investigating the, the purchase of additional companies and, um, you know, acquired a company in Lugano, Switzerland. And oh, wow. just, I mean, just it was really cool. Um, but it, <clears throat> the I could see that the money was sparse, you know. Yeah. And so I, I went from being this cultural assimilation guy they brought in to the hatchet man <laughs> and so i can i can do i can do all those things but it's a lot funner to build an award-winning culture like 1-800-CONTACTS yeah. than it is to uh, cut corners and scrap and scramble and and disrupt people's lives because yeah. the company's struggling so what was the name of that company again, it sorry? was ideasphere or isi brands so they uh they lasted about i think seven years after i left um Got by, changed ownership a lot, yeah. got funding on occasion. Did they get bought out or was it just they just No, it's out? just if you think about the Twin Lab building down in American Fork, yeah. that was one of their brands. And they had Metabolife and Orem um, <laughs> right there at the, uh, yeah. with the, the exit, the state, or the uh, parkway exit. So yeah. anyway, they had, they had and that's, that's why this, these roles were Utah-based. But yeah, I had a cubicle in Manhattan um, on Broadway, and I had an office in American Fork, so it was kind of a oh, really? interesting, yeah, interesting role. So cool. it was a good ride, good exposure, um, but it, yeah, it was a blast. So I joined One Eight Hundred Contacts in '08, left there uh, in 2017 to uh, to do some consulting. So I guess I, I I'm far enough along in my career, I know what I like, yeah, and I like I like the building and developing and the creating of programs, the brainstorming, and being on the people side of the business. So where do you see that most? Is it generally like on the startup side? Like I need to come in and I need to create this and build this. It's there's two there's two ways. So startup is one where everyone's doing everything, or if you're in a more established organization, it's not at the executive table. It's a step removed. 
because at the executive table, you're focusing on the strategy, the marketplace, your competitors, the regulations. So, I mean, I, I became an expert on the contact lens industry, you know, sitting at that executive table. I could, I be, I could, I could make an entertaining two and a half hour presentation on the, the industry. Um, and that's what I became an expert at while my team got to do all the fun people stuff in this, in this culture we were creating. So as I started consulting, it was a chance for me to get back into the weeds and help companies. But, and I did that and had some great success for a couple of years, but what I was missing was getting in and building off of what I fixed, remedied, repaired, or developed. Cause I was going out solving the issue, then walking and then away. Getting away. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, decided to, to look and what I wanted next was I wanted more global exposure. I wanted I've always, I've typically been in a growing company, so I wanted high growth, wanted to be on the tech side of things. So I was pretty particular where I looked for opportunities and TalkDesk worked out. So I'm, I've, I'm not at the top seat by, you know, by choice because I want to do the people things on the business. So it's, it's kind yeah. of fun, kind of fun position to be into. Uh, so it's 1-800-TO-TALKDESK. 1-800-TO-TALKDESK. Oh, 1-800-TO-CONSULTING. Consulting. Yeah. So I did my consulting and teaching. Which um, you still have. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. still, I still do what I still do on the consulting side is I do the HR certification preparation in okay. the HR world. The certifications are big yeah. and some of it's because a lot of people fall into the HR roles. They haven't been degreed in it. You know, maybe they, you know, for whatever reason they get their first HR job. And so unique to the HR profession, these certifications are a way of showing, I know HR, you know, so more than just my, my years of experience. And so yeah. with, Again, I've been around the block a bit. I've experienced a lot of things, and so, and I love teaching. And so, I still do. It's usually just one class at a time. They last eleven weeks. Um, it's like one night for eleven weeks, but um, I still do a class at a time, and you know, get twenty or so people enrolled in it and have a blast. Um, I prefer if we were face to face, but yeah, it's, yeah, not, it's yeah. not bad. Yeah. We've all learned that video is the way to do it. But so I still do that on the consulting side, and that's about it. Um, did you kind of did you create your own curriculum? Like when you say so you go teach, you got a lovely course. I mean, yeah. Are these your philosophies? Mean kind of like mixed in with traditional, you know, you know, human resource, whatever. Like you know, traditional things that were taught maybe when you were in college or whatever. I just I've, I've been curious because I've heard of the same thing: people teaching and doing some consulting. But right. it's just is this the is this the class of like kind of your class, like you have, you have no, when, when I teach at UVU, it's more, it's more how it really works. Right. So when I teach the students, we try to focus on getting them ready for a, a more strategic level of contribution in the company. Yeah. The, like how the real, yeah. Like, Let's get out of the real life. In fact, we don't even have textbooks. Yeah. We, we literally, we live, we live out of articles. We live out of headlines, um, trends, law changes like and so studies. it literally is week to week our text is is, is living and so um and then we, you know i guess with the the updates that we're getting from the media plus my experience we talk about what's really going on in business now in the certification you're there to pass a test yeah and so my my curriculum is on it we take the material which is the hr competencies the, the knowledge we're supposed yeah. to have but and so, yeah, it is a little more, it's not scripted fully. The concepts are there and I've just found ways to teach them so that they're memorable. And we've had some huge success. It's been, uh, it's been a blast. The average pass rate on these certifications is somewhere, maybe I think in the 58%. 
and my classes have averaged closer to 90 percent so you're telling me that the the certifications are yeah 50 percent yeah yep so why is that it, they're hard i mean it's it's designed it's it's i'll never disparage the cpa exam but it's yeah. designed to be a distinguishing you know this person knows hr and there, there's yeah. there's different levels based on how much experience sure. you've got so it's supposed to be hard exam Dang, I didn't know that. So I want to I want to say that like fifty eight percent is the passing rate for the most common ones. Like first, first timers, yeah. And then so they can repeat that. Anyway. They can repeat. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. No one really cares how many times you've taken because you just if you look at a lot of the HR job postings, it'll say you know like bachelor's degree required, certification preferred, yeah. and to get an interview, you got to check as many boxes as possible. Yeah. So it's it's just a yeah HR is a strange <clears throat> profession that way where the certification's a little more. Well, that's good. At Weighted. Least, yeah, at least it's good that it's not like 95% people pass. Oh, yeah. And then it's just like, oh, easy to get yeah. these certifications. Everybody, everybody can get them. Everybody got them. Yeah, it would lose all credibility. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. So what are what do individuals do if, like, they're not coming to your class? Like, do you, if you say, I'm going to take that certification for SHRM, do they send you materials? you pay for you it? Can, you can buy materials. Yeah, okay. so there's uh, – you can go out and shop for your own materials. You know, I – a, while, a couple of years ago, I bought the Sherm learning system, not because I was going to test, but because I just wanted to see their materials. I wanted to yeah. see what they're teaching so I could better <coughs> teach my courses. Um, it's like 900 bucks, oh. you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, you could go out and invest in materials and self-study, and, and many people do. You could take a course. Um, the pass rates for those going through courses is generally higher than self-study. Um, you could just hope that your experience allows you to do it, and that's not a very high success rate. Yeah. So usually you're, you're you're either purchasing materials, or you're getting materials with, um, you know, with an instructor to help. Yeah. Walk you through. Have you created your own material? Do you just have stuff? No, I've like, hey, I've taken the you know I've taken the test. This is what this is what you need to know. This is what we're going to cover. It's so there there is probably maybe. I, I have a partner in Provo. There's a company called HRCP.com. And when I reached out, when I first started doing this, I reached out to one of the testing entities and said, I'm not going to write a book, you know, because these, I mean, these are like text, these are volumes. And I said, I'm not going to write it, but who, who would you recommend? And I, when they had a, a Provo option, I just walked down or I drove down and knocked on wow. the door and we've yeah. had the partnership ever since. So we use the books from HRCP, but woven into there is, I guess, my, my insights and my recommendations. And I guess I've been able to pull out a lot of helpful hints that supplement, you know, just so it's not just a text to me regurgitating the text. Right. It's uh, there, there's better ways to remember um, than yeah. just reading and reciting. That's cool. That's cool yeah. that you do that. Yeah, yeah it's fun. So is your, your consulting, is that that's pretty much yeah, on that side, are you consulting with businesses at Austin? No, there's okay. there's no time for that. So yeah, I, imagine I, I had a blast uh, with with the consulting. That was that was a fun ride. Uh, you know, running your own business, building your clientele. I really got to the point where I guess brand recognition was out there and the next jobs were coming to me. But, you know, I can do that again someday. You know, I, yeah. I think I think there'll come a point, you know, maybe in 10 years where I, I, I teach full time again and consult full time again like I was doing. But I enjoy, I enjoy the uh, the hurry and the, the, the scramble of a hyper growth uh, change-oriented business and you know all the challenges that presents so i'm in the right spot for for right now yeah well 2020 pre presented you oh with my a, gosh yeah a challenge <laughs> too. so did you guys uh talk to, here first off what is 
Talk Desk. Yeah, tell us about yeah, tell us about Talk yeah, Desk. Yeah, it is it's cloud-based call center software. So basically, okay. it, in a simple state, you know, you, you could run your call center with people all over everywhere, rather than having them have to sit in a hub tied into a central system, you know, which is traditional. You know, come to the building and check in and plug in, and we we've got you. But so it's it's you know one of a few elite players in the cloud space, which is growing. I mean, COVID is it, it, we're one of those businesses that this pandemic's been very good to. Uh, you're more relevant if you're cloud-based than office-based, and so right. it's been. It, but it's it's uh, call center software. You know, just uh, your metrics, your agent availability, and and those types of things that uh, you know most call centers have already. Uh, but we're not. I guess we enable organizations to spread out and 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 run that is it wherever. Still, is it a private? So privately held. Yeah, yeah. We're looking yeah. at maybe an IPO in a couple of years or yeah. something. There's. I guess in the organizations I joined, there's usually an end game like that that yeah. You're, yeah. you're gearing up for. So. How many? Ra- and they've taken investments. In yeah, we just got Series C funding. Series K. So that's where we're at, and um, I wouldn't say we've officially started the countdown towards IPO because we're talking six or seven quarters, you know, of, of prep. But we are preparing, and that's where we think we'll head. But have you um, been through an IPO before? No, I've been through a lot of ownership changes on you know, yeah. in many different ways. Well, 1-800 got bought a few times. Yeah, right? I was there for nine there years, for... five different owners. Yeah, okay. So, so you've... I've seen, again, I know the change, IPO <laughs> specifically, no, haven't okay. done that yet. Uh, I've been with organizations, where we've run them like they're publicly traded as far as reporting and checks and balances, but that'll be a new a new experience, so. Yeah. That's um, cool. Yeah. I mean, so when, when TalkDesk started San Francisco, when did they come here to Utah? They've been in Utah just about two years. Okay. Is also... The uh, I guess the first Utah employee is still on my team, and okay. she's uh, yeah she just hit her two year mark, and we I would say in Utah we probably have a hundred and fifteen employees you know in Utah yeah. globally about twelve hundred okay and so maybe eighty five in in the San Francisco area but starting to disperse across the country and so what's your next biggest market your biggest state so you're here Port- and then... portugal is, is oh, really? our biggest uh yeah our founders from portugal okay and it's uh it's it's a, actually a really interesting tech hub they uh they there's a lot of tech talent there that's not i guess as discovered as silicon slopes or silicon valley or and they're high they're high caliber um great to work with their english speaking abilities are phenomenal um and again, where they're not caught up in the frenzy that we experience here for that kind of talent, um, it's still uh, it's an affordable um, option for for our organization. Yeah. So it's uh, it's really cool. It's really cool that I mean, I work here. I start every day early so that I can work with my my Western European colleagues. You know, yeah. but yeah, I'm on every day with someone or you know a team from Portugal. And I was I was in Lisbon earlier this year before all the craziness began and. That's, it's pretty cool to work. You know, again, global companies are fun to work for that way, sharing yeah. cultures and things, but it keeps it interesting and keeps you on your toes. And But that have been phenomenal uh, uh, employees to have on board. And, and that's, I would see that, that's our engineering and our, you know, our kind of our R&D. Uh, I would say that Portugal will probably always be our biggest single country employee base based on where, where we're still growing that way. So Yeah, okay. Is um, so is San Francisco and Utah, and the reason I ask 
is because I spoke with somebody from Talk, talk Desk. Yeah. I think before you were there um, about benefits. Okay. And so my question is, is this. So yeah. they said that so benefits in Utah were different than San Francisco. So are things split out amongst locations? Like San Francisco does their own thing. Utah does their own thing. Everybody else does their own thing as far as like what they're doing for benefits and what they're doing. Like their culture might be a little bit different. Uh, no, not exactly. I, one of the, like literally my first week um, as a new hire, my, my, my first day of first week, uh, my supervisor said, Rod, we need to lock in benefits for next year. So this was, what, September of um, 19, you know? So okay. we, we were like literally our, our, our deadline to renew or dismiss the old broker was like Friday of my first week. And so I spent my first few days sorting through, uh, I guess, proposals right. and, and landed on a, a, a change that actually brought a lot of things uh, to improvement. We, uh, we found some some cost savings, but we also got the Utah employees, the network they've been begging for. And yeah, we aligned pretty much, we aligned across the, across the country um, on all benefits with the exception of, of course, a couple of like a, a, a Kaiser HMO network in California right, right. that's going to be unique no matter what. But yeah, we're... And we're sorry, aligned. and I don't, I just use benefits as an example. I didn't mean yeah. be specific there, but no, just I'm, across the board, like is everybody kind of on that same page now where it's like, okay, we're finally... We're all one company. California's not doing their own thing. Right. Utah's not doing their own thing. We are much closer than, than we've ever been. Okay. So, when, I mean, when I was hired, certainly benefits were, they were a little more split out. Um, they were, it, was built, it was built for a San Francisco employee base, and it literally just didn't work for Utah. So uh, that would have been the case not long ago. Right. But obviously, we've got to do some things different by country, so that's going to always be the case. But when I started, uh, even the HR people department was run regionally. So North of my, my title might still have North America attached to it. It's not, I mean, it's a global position, but you know, I was supposed to run this little regional operation of Canada, the U S and, and, uh, make sure everything worked there. But there was this Western European team that was doing things there. We immediately got together and blended the teams and, you know, created a global, organization believe it or not it was really the last one of the last teams in the company to integrate and kind of stop the there, there's still things you have to focus on regionally right right but um of all groups uh the people team was one of the last ones to to kind of merge and and operate truly yeah globally did that create before this happened i guess did it create any different kind of cultures from feelings of culture like from one state to the other i think i think anytime you've got I guess a distributed workforce, every site feels like they've, someone else has it better. Every site, you know, we're, we're, you know, they get all the, they get all the benefits, they get all the, you know, the, the executives only care about them. So there was, there's, there are cultural differences, you know, from location to location, um, you know, beyond just certainly the country cultures. Um, but I would say that the, I guess the good thing about bringing all departments across the world, you know, together and blending them is those things can still be respected and understood. Right. But we, we've been able to combine our processes so they're not having to work through two groups to get the job done. If I guess where it was separated before, if 
you were a manager, you probably had people in both in, in multiple countries reporting to you, but you had to work with two HR teams to get your performance yeah. evaluation process done, and that's just that seems like terrible a pain in the butt. So it made a lot of sense for us to bring it together, and it's yeah um, always improving, but um, getting I mean it's a lot better than it used to be. Right, right. Uh, um, <clears throat> I got a question. The uh, this has always been an interesting kind of topic that we've we've had people you know it, it, it comes up most of the time but I think with your experience you might have some good insight to this what why is there a lot of talk of non-representation at the so-called table yeah right? of HR I don't want to you know department or um, you know, maybe it's just the VP. You know, there's always going to be one kind of head honcho, one one yeah. individual that's kind of run the show in the you know with in HR. But it, there, a lot of talk of that, like God, yeah. we just don't get a lot of reputation, and which is definitely true. Most probably, you know, and again, I don't I don't want to misspeak, but maybe most of the time. Yeah. But maybe based off a few things you've said, I have an I you know I just have a hunch you have experience of being with execs. Yeah. And, and understanding them and also deciding not to be in, uh, up that high, right? Let's, yeah. let's call it high. Yep. But why, but what's the disconnect? Like what are the executives thinking and, and, and in general, I'm not, there's probably some yeah. that are just much better than others. But when you're talking just kind of straight line, hardcore executives, maybe publicly traded companies, yeah. <clears throat> you know, why, why is there a lot of times that discussion or the t or just that disconnect in your opinion yeah so a, a couple things you get a bit of a theory of rod coming in here yeah too. yeah this so, is good yeah, this is no i've yeah. i've uh, i've spent over half my career at the table and and it's uh <clears throat> you know if, you, if you're aspirational and can deliver results and it's it's achievable you know uh, you've got to establish credibility for the role for the for the hr function uh and again that's it'd be i guess so let me, let me take a step back. So it, sure. it, it can be done. There's opportunities to earn the seat at the table. Uh, one of the first blog posts I wrote when I was consulting was, um, before you aspire to a seat at the table, make sure you like what's on the menu. Um, if you're gonna sit down at the table, I mean, are you really gonna like that job? And after, you know, after all my years, I mean, I, I, I learned the direct sales industry inside and out. Um, when I worked for Melalucas, you know, reporting to the CEO, and I can tell you a lot about the contact lens industry, competitors, conflicts, uh, how they interact with optometrists, and, you know, just, I know it really well. Um, but my preference is to be people-facing. I think a lot of people that get into HR, they get in because they want to do those people-facing roles. And so um, we are supposed to, I mean, HR should be at the table. They should be reporting to the CEO. Yeah. Um, and so there's, I mean, there's a there's a mindset out there. I think that HR needs to overcome that it's a transactional department, that it's little lower level contributor. It's not a strategic, but with the right, I guess, with the right leadership in the group, you can deliver strategically, provide insights, develop dashboards, uh, drive results, be proactive in your interactions with the leadership. You can establish value that earns you the seat at the table if you want it, um, but a lot of a lot of HR people are uh, are trying to figure out how to showcase that value. I got a call from a from a former student 
just yesterday. Hey Rod, I'm in a situation, I'm in an HR job. They've got me so busy with transactional work that I'm not having a chance to show my value. And now I'm feeling like my job might be at risk because they're wondering, you know, yeah, yeah. we brought you in, what are you providing? And so um, HR can be like 100% firefighting. You know, I could have spent the last, I worked for a lot of years, I could have just firefought the daily issues every day, all day, and my calendar would be full. But in that, if, if that's all that I did as an HR professional, I'd never earn a seat at the table. You've got to find ways to, I guess, show the organization how HR can deliver strategy and how it can support the overall company objectives. And if you can, and you want a seat at the table, that's the pathway there. And I, I think I'll throw this out there too. So I, uh, I get a kick out of, it's a small contingency of the HR people that say, yeah, I got into HR because I'm not good at math. You know, and I'll have, whether it's just, I've heard, heard that too many times. Heard a lot, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you want a seat at the table, then uh, the language of business is numbers, you know, so yeah. you've, you've just put a cap on your career if huh. that's one of your, your hesitancies. But I mean, and I know this is guessing, but I mean, owners or executives, I mean, what, I mean, what's the mindset there? I mean, when, when they just, I mean, do they just kind of look down upon either their, you know, the HR leader and don't really care, um, you know, and that's what gives kind of the feeling that, you know, to the actually people working at HR that, that you know, they're never going to get it representation and even if they were there they're not going to listen i don't know, like they don't even take us serious like we're there just be because you know we you know they got to make us feel good i mean i've heard all these different types of things yeah and then on top of that i'm curious you know do you see that it is different with you know genders you know a female oh. hr leader might be you know have you ever experienced that that they actually don't even, you know, maybe in the past, maybe, I know a lot of things are changing now, but I mean, has that, has that been an issue in the past if, if you've ever seen that? Okay. I haven't, I haven't seen any gender related issues as far as the credit, uh, credibility of the department. That's an interesting thought, but I, I can't say that I've witnessed anything there. I think that. Which is good. I mean, I, yeah. 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 And, and it really HR is, it's one of those fields that's maybe the kind of the opposite of engineering. It's, it, it's, probably largely female, probably, you know, greater than 60% yeah. female for uh, just for whatever reason. Um, but I think that when it, when it comes to the, I guess the credibility of the department, I think if we go again, I don't want to disparage anyone that's ever entered the field, but if you think about the startup CEO that just drops somebody into their first HR job, which is pretty common. Uh, they pick someone and maybe out of reception or maybe yeah. out of, that that's yeah, good with people. I need to fill the seat. Can yeah, you do it's it? Good with people. You know, she, you know, he or she's really good with people. Can you step into HR? And so their initial mindset might be that anybody can do it, you know, and that's why these people are looking for okay. certifications yeah. and things so that yeah. they, and so for some leaders, again, I want to, you know, they're going to sure. start with, you know, you know, I usually just drop people in there. And I, I had a CEO one time that when someone was struggling in another department, he literally said, well, let's give them a shot in HR, you know, because most people can succeed in <laughs> yeah. HR. No, we, so that was on me to show that we had a higher level uh, that we can contribute. So, you know, what, how, however anyone enters the role and however the CEO or CFO, wherever you report, however yeah. they perceive the department, um, you've got to deliver, you know, you've got to show them that you can provide more. Um, otherwise, you might get set you might be stuck as the, uh, I guess, the elevated receptionist that now is just in a bigger role being, you know, costs more money. But 
there's a lot that HR can deliver. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, good. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's good insight. I, you know, these are just always the topics that you kind of yeah. hear discussed. Yeah. You know, you know, obviously, see the table is always this term. Disruption is another term, which I, I've always just had difficulty not necessarily understanding what they're trying to do, but just, um, you know, maybe it is understanding is the right word, but it's just kind of, you know, we, I had an experience where there was a so-called disruptor that was at a company we were trying to, you know, pitch. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and they did something that was, it wasn't bad. It was just so awkward and so <laughs> different. I think I know exactly what you're you talking about. You know exactly about. the story. I think so, yeah. Um, and I wouldn't name names, but, but where, <laughs> you know, usually, you know, if you have vendors bidding on, you know, a service for your company, you know, which is what, what, what we do, we, we bid HR departments and what um, services, but it, you know, they narrow it down to like, let's say four vendors. They literally brought everybody into the same room oh, and no. sat around a table just like this and kind of just, I don't know, they almost kind of, all right, let's, let's talk, you know, like, oh, what do you, you know, like, let's, let's have everybody give their best like pitch, you know, in front of everybody. It was just, wow. You know what? Like I said, it wasn't bad. You ever heard anything like that? It was. It wasn't no. necessarily. It, like weird. I said, I, I use yeah, that word. Negative. It wasn't negative in a sense, but it was not. It's weird. What I thought was even effective at all, and anyway, yeah. it was. The only time we've ever had an experience like that was an individual. It was just like kind of this. This. Hey, I want to disrupt, and I'm not. You know, the individual definitely. She. She. It was a female. She was amazing. I mean, she's a great, great, yeah. great yep. HR leader, but it was like almost like I have this idea. I think it's going to be great, but I'm telling you, the people on the receiving end, I guarantee all of us were like, that, that's just, that wasn't great. I don't even think you have the best, you didn't even pick the best result because yep. I think this whole thing didn't work. Type, type Probably. Of. But Probably. anyway, that's just an example of like this, you know, certain <laughs> things I've seen, like we're going to disrupt how we, everybody, it's always been done, which in one side, it's fine to do it different and figure out innovative, right. Right. cool things to do it. Yeah. But that was, it almost seemed like it was trying too hard. Maybe this yeah, was I kind think. of how I felt, but. I guess I, I love change. Because your I, face tells, tells me that was awkward. Yeah, it, it I, I, seems I, I will, a little different. I wouldn't seems. have done that because I think that compromises the whole decision-making process. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, and not because it's always been done that way. That's, that's kind of taboo in my world. We don't say, sure. we never say that because we're always trying to find a better way to do it. But, yeah, I think, yeah, there, are, there might be those people that just go too far. They might just, I think there's a, there's a better way to look at, how we do things and make an assessment. Is there a better way? If there's a better way, just do it. Yeah. I like that term much better than disrupt. Yeah. I well, mean, it's, it's well, got to be. Just, there's, there's a better way. Yeah. We're going to try to find a better way. The word, I don't know. There's got to be an ongoing assessment of everything you do. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's where, I mean, I mean, that's where HR can contribute. You know, just even after you get done with your, you know, someone says, that was the best ever. Well, that's good, but there's, there's still something we can improve on. And so, You've got, again, whether you completely turn things upside down, that doesn't usually happen. Um, maybe you pilot it. <laughs> maybe you were the pilot. Yeah. But, yeah, you, uh, you must have been the pilot. I think, I think it was. It was a pilot program. It was kind of one of these. And, and, and possibly after the fact, the, the individual realized, okay, that really wasn't the best thing. That's true. So I can't, <laughs> I can't speculate on how, you know, it's, it's changed, you know, what this person has done moving forward. But definitely in that, in that time, it was weird. Dude, I can't imagine getting into a room 
with my competitors, <laughs> no. just all around the table. I'm like, I right, remember let's hear it. Let's see what's going on. The room and it was. <laughs> I remember one of the individuals there that he owned, he owned a service, obviously exactly what we did. We actually came out like, that guy actually is pretty damn good. Like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. That's, that, that's, a, that's a competitor we know, okay, well, you know, they know what they're doing, we know what we're doing, you know, yep. but the other two, I think we're in the room are the other ones. I think we came out thinking like, dude, they suck. They have no idea what's going on. You know, a um, little bit of insight to your competitors, but. Yeah. That was which is good, but it would just still be everywhere. I've even heard of job interviews <clears throat> that way, where they bring in the finalists and have them kind of in a pa- like, pit, a, like, like a for a job, like pitch right, circle your other. circle up here. Let's don't uh, do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't do. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not. I'm not advocating right. that. Uh, interesting. We're gonna do musical chairs and then we'll wrestle. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have uh, feats of strength. We'll <sighs> That's a, bizarre. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, but uh, huh. um, you know who works at. Uh, talk to us, I think, is Derek. Remember Derek at the gym? Big Derek? I can't yeah. remember his last name. No. Derek Keller. Derek Keller. Keller, yeah. Yeah, Big Derek. Yeah, we, yeah, we, Derek, know, yeah. Uh, we know Derek from the gym. I can't yep, remember Derek's his last name. Hold on, awesome. does he still work there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Does he? Okay. Oh, he you, just know got Lex, you know Lexi Lund? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she hired Lexi. Oh. Or she, he, he, he sorry. Yep. Okay, yeah, I didn't know he was she, there. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense because I, I, she's a friend of ours. Um, got it. And, and, Anyway, I've always, like, I still follow her on, uh, I think, Instagram or whatever. And I always, like, how in the hell are you working from home? Like, you you just have this sweet gig. She's got this cool setup with her computer. And, and that makes sense now because everybody went virtual. Yeah. And it uh, seems like she's just making it making it happen. Like, she just yeah. kind of figures it out. And She's doing great. Derek's doing great. Derek yeah. uh, just recently got promoted, you know, just moving and shaking, doing good things. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, he uh, he, st- he and I talked CrossFit a bit, you know, when I was there. I thought, <laughs> yeah, dude, dude cr- we, we'd, share, we'd share times sometimes, like our yeah. the, the wad results, and I think, dude, I can never keep up. Man, that's, that's, where, that's where we met that, him. That's yeah. so funny. I was this whole time just there. I knew there was this connection. I'm thinking like, oh, God, who is it that we know? Yeah. Was there? Yeah, Derek and – Yeah, that's that's awesome. Derek's cool. awesome. Yeah, I like well, – he, uh, he, yeah, he was a good gym – you know, just have gym friends – yeah, he was a good gym friend. Like we yeah. never really hung out socially. He would be. He, he would is, be. He was. He was super fun to yeah. always work out with. Just do whatever you want to do. He'll yeah, do he's it. like, yeah, let's. Yeah, let's go. We'd always like, yeah, again, CrossFitters. We're we're not the crazy CrossFitters and the memes you see on like the social media. But man, we would do, we would we would take the different route. We would do extremely hard, long, drawn out like workouts. Um, kind of the know, endurance CrossFit. Yeah, it's like stuff, we kind of yeah. we started doing kind of our own little thing. You know, cross worked out in a CrossFit gym doing CrossFit type things, but we would do some extremely stupid. <laughs> stupid in the sense of long, not, yeah. not like, you know, Harmful. we're gonna get hurt. Yeah. But yeah, it was, but Derek was always, that was fun, man. Yeah. So when you guys moved remote, um, you sent everybody home with like their own desktops and do you have to yeah, go, but do you guys have to purchase a lot of stuff for individuals or how did that work? What, what was interesting is we, we had offices set up, and so like here in, in Utah, we said, take whatever you need home, your chair, your desk. So they had laptops, extra monitors, you know, remote key, I guess, wireless keyboards and a mouse and laptop stands. And so, you know, for a few days, we just had employees coming with trucks and loading up their oh. office equipment and taking it home. And then we liquidated, you know, and sold the rest of it. And yeah. there was a surprisingly big market, not surprisingly for at home workstations and so yeah, we I bet. we opened it up and we just had a flood of people for about a week come in and buy 
you know, tables Everything. and chairs and, and uh, whatever we didn't sell, we gave to a furniture liquidator. But now we, our employees already had laptops. Yeah. And so, and really in the U.S., we had about a third of our employees that were already remote. And because we were a global company, all of our meetings were already on Zoom. And so we didn't have the full shock of, of newness. You know, we, we certainly enjoyed our interactions, but I was always going to a conference room to turn on the TV and connect with, you know, Portugal or the UK or, right. you know, a remote salesperson or San Francisco. So we were always videoed up anyway. So maybe a little easier transition for our workforce than for some. Right. Uh, and we, we tried to set them up at home the best we could just with and it's surplus. But the, uh, the, the Lehigh office, it was only about a year and a, a little over a year old. Yeah, and not so, long, huh? Yeah, the, the equipment was pretty new. So let me ask this. I've, I've seen a few conversations pop up on like LinkedIn and stuff. Are you guys doing anything for your employees now that you're fully working from home? Like, are you paying for like their internet services? Like, have you guys had conversations to start that process? Or? Yeah, we're looking at it, but right now it's the equipment we're providing. Okay. And that's, it's a hot topic. It's a hot topic. Yeah. Um, and I'll say, you know, we've been outpaced by some of the things the other companies are doing. Uh, you know, being a startup, you know, they watch, they watch the spend on right, yeah, yeah. again, but yeah, we we're looking at, I, I would say, especially in Western Europe, uh, there's a, there's heavy pressure for some like a stipend or at home support. And so we're looking at that, uh, probably a little behind, but we're looking at it. But right now the support is just the equipment and yeah. you know, getting them set up a home. So I would say it's heading that way, but we're not there yet. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to see how many people, <clears throat> A, stick to work from home. Yeah. And B, if people are going to start providing, here, that, here's 80 bucks a month, go find whatever internet you want, you know, just to make sure that everybody's set up and taken care of. Yeah. So they can get their job done. Yeah. It's, it'll become more of a norm, and I would expect to see more states starting to legislate. Like California, of all states, has got a cell phone provision, you know, in, in, their, in their employment laws that say that if... If an employee is forced to use or required to use a personal cell phone for company business, it should be reimbursed. But no one fully expected this at-home thing. So even, you know, even the laws in most countries don't address what the employer's obligations are yet. Okay. So it's just been up to the employers to determine what they want to do. But I would, I would expect within 24 months we start to see laws popping up oh, all over yeah. the world would be as to what what the role uh, the employer should play. Yeah. But, so you mentioned when, like, right when we first started talking, um, just you guys had some ideas and things you were doing to try to keep that culture now that everybody's at home. Yeah. What do you guys, like what are some things and ideas you guys have been talking about and implementing to try to keep, because right, everybody's at home, so you're not seeing, you're not having that water cooler talk and those lunch breaks. Yeah. And, and that, that's the hard thing is you, some of those, I guess, uh, more passive relationships just disappear. You don't, you know, you only reach out to those that you have a business need to. So we're doing a, we're doing a uh, our communications with employees is super critical. It's it's like more critical than ever before. So I guess we're overemphasizing. Well, it's over we're we're emphasizing the I guess the flow of information um, and the uh, keeping everybody informed on everything. Um, surprises are bad enough, but in a, a kind of the, this pandemic, if you surprise an employee base with something, it's just amplified. It's worse, and so. We've been socializing a lot more before decisions are made. We've been com over communicating. It feels like steps and stages of processes. So 
I know that's not cultural related, but that's how we're we're maintaining at least right, a, right. A, a comfort or a uh, I guess a confidence in leadership and things. We uh, we are f experimenting with and trying all kinds of virtual uh, events activities where, where we've drafted a I mean it'll be a virtual global holiday party. Okay. Um, so just just outside of work, right? This is yeah. not a work. Uh, yeah, meeting. This is we're just getting together. We're hanging out. We're talking. Yeah, and we've, we've done all the the virtual happy hours and you know some of those traditional things, but where we're I guess what we're emphasizing is we're trying to we're literally crafting a new culture, like trying to make it long term because we don't know when we'll be back in buildings. I mean, a lot of companies are in this temporary. We know we're going back someday, or we're going. Right. We're come. We've been back in part. Um, we don't know. We don't know if it makes sense for us to go back or not. Uh, there's value in it, I think, but probably not the traditional office. So we're trying to craft a long-term culture and identify the elements of that that allow us to, I guess, uh, sink and feel like a family, even though, you know, we may never see each other at all, like physically. Yeah. So we, we've looked at a lot of the companies that are doing this, like there's, you know, GitHub is, has been known as the, the largest fully remote workforce in the world. Uh, we'll be bigger than them in about two months, um, which will make us one of, I mean, everybody's remote now, but as far as permanency, yeah. Um, they, they still get together once a year. The whole company comes together oh, yeah. in kind of a big retreat once a year. And all, I mean, all the research I've done say, you know, say that, that there's no question that engagement goes up if you can work from home. Um, but the value that I guess the, the statistical value of that stops at about 15 hours. So a couple days a week, a week work from home, would be the perfect mix yeah. for, for the average employee. And so we're trying to figure out you know, what does that mean? Does that mean that we do a shared workspace or that we, you know, that we get, uh, we get a space that is a third of what we used to have. And maybe Derek's team is in on Mondays and Wednesdays and, you know, accounting and the people department are in yeah. on, and you know, we'll just, yeah, interesting. we'll, we'll see. Have we're, you had anybody express any like real concern about having to work from home? Like, do you have, have you had anybody say, I, I need to be in the office. I want to be in the office. Yes. Uh, I would say that we've had some attrition, uh, even due to, to that. So we, we've had, you know, again, um, I'll, I'll just throw Derek out cause you guys know him. Derek worked from our office after we left it for about 60 days, you know, it was oh, really? still, it was still open. We were just kind of, it was before we went, like exited the lease yeah. and things, but because of, of uh, the children factor at home, right? You know, he yeah. and he was one of like four people in this entire floor of a building, so it was as safe as could be. But I used to get a kick. I'd you know I'd dial up to talk <laughs> to Derek, and he's in my just conference in room. I said, "Dude, you know," and just, then the CEO's chair just all the out. snacks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, but there, we, we've there are like I'm a member of my team. Um, their first, he's working from home, you know, and uh, his their oldest two were twins, young twins, and his wife was having another baby. His office was the crib room, the baby's room, and he needed an office. He needed an office. So, I mean, he, he could not, he couldn't work from home yeah. long-term. And so I lost him, great team member. And so, yeah, there's going to be, there has been, and there will be some, you know, some challenges with right. the fully virtual thing. What tools, what tool do you guys use to communicate? When you're saying like you, you more information, the better as of late, right? Yeah. Um, is there an internal tool, you know, another, you know, some other software that you guys use for that? 
to some degree, but it won't be a big surprise. As we, we, I mean, we use Slack for the informal communications. We've got our email, you know, but we've got uh, Zoom for all the the, the and, virtual and stuff and we do. Yeah, that's actually what's kind of interesting, like a Slack type of of tool, and that's what is that all tons of communication go through. Like all the teams are over communicating, just making sure that everybody. Yeah, there's no surprises. And, yes, and Slack, Slack is kind of a, more of an informal. That's kind of the quick and easy yeah. answer channel. A lot, a lot of groups on Slack have their have their chats going. And then you go the form, you go Zoom or e, like an email, email, Zoom. And, and we we actually established a communications department, and so once once or twice a week they send out the official updates, and you know it could be calendar items or so. We get formal and informal, then we do a monthly, I guess we change it to quarterly all hands meetings, which is all employees globally. And every department's supposed to do a monthly department wide, you know, and I do a weekly team meeting. We just, we just, yeah. we just touch base often. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, a lot of these, you know, you put yourself in a, you know, a couple of my people are, are, are single, young singles trapped in their apartments. Because you know, in San Francisco, no one's going out to do anything. Yeah, and Western Europe's locked down, and so they don't get much interaction. You know, like it, it, me, even this is like my first. I put more miles on my truck today than I have in like, like yeah, four months. So. You got tell tell me the truth, and if you don't want to, that's fine. Oh I mean, God. obviously, during work hours, you just sit working. I mean, yeah. have you? I mean, you and your wife. I mean, you're going out to eat still. I mean, because we know in Utah, we are yeah. extremely blessed that yeah. this is not San Francisco, not Cal, you know, anywhere yeah. in California. Other states that are just much, have been more strict. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, um, just my business partner, I mean, he drove down, you know, he was in Colorado over the weekend, and he said, he was in Durango. Nothing open. Couldn't go in anywhere. And he's like, it was actually, coming back in Utah, it was just one of those, like, I am... You know, we think that, oh, we're getting, you know, mandates and all these things in Utah. No, we, we kind of have a pretty we good do. right now. But, you know, hey, you're going, are you going out to eat? Yeah. Okay, yeah. you're still going out to eat. Okay. Still going out to yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, so. we, we're, we have no issue abiding by any of the guidelines, be it a mask mandate or, yeah, you you're know. Yeah, you're still trying to socialize with friends or family when possible. We probably, we probably do less on the friends side of things. Our, we, our family that's local, we hang out with on a regular yeah. basis, but we're not going to Idaho for Thanksgiving, for example, because, yeah. yeah. you know, our parents are at the higher risk age yeah. bracket they're healthy. We're healthy, but, um, well, that will take, we'll take a pass for a year and then yeah, and absolutely. kick it off yeah. again next. So yeah, we, uh, this is, I mean, in, in, in some ways this has been, this was kind of cool, um, for, for me because I had a son that was in his family with, uh, you know, living in San Francisco when this started and, so my, uh, I've got two grandsons and they're like my favorite. And so when COVID started, San Francisco got locked down so tight that these two little boys in their 800 square foot apartment were going nuts. Crazy, and so right? they moved into my basement. So we had like, you know, all my family was local for, yeah. you know, for the first time in a long time. And so, yeah. And you know, there's some good that came oh, out yeah. of, uh, out of this, but anyway, but it's, uh, well, that's good. We're, we're being cautious. We're being, trying to be wise, but. Right. We'll just hope this ends at some point. Yeah, it will. I hope it so. will end. It'll um, be more, you know, it's, st it's still going to change a lot of things. But we'll, it'll we'll feel more normal. You know, obviously, t time's the worst enemy, but kind of the best friend. You know, it's, it's, we have to have time in order to feel normal, but time's just goes so slow. 
It does. Yep, I'm curious to see what doesn't, I guess what doesn't go back to normal, be it handshakes and hugs, you know, or, you know, what are yeah. those things that we just don't quite embrace again because I of think this? a lot of work stuff will take a long time to get back to normal. Yeah. But I don't know, man, I really think it's like vaccine comes and everybody's, you know, a lot of people start taking it. It is handshakes and hugs. Like I, that is something that human beings, I really, they, they just, they need. Yeah, I, that, agree. I think, yeah, but, but what's weird is like, is, are the f- football stadiums, it, would, would the, yeah. the Vivint Arena actually be full one day again? Yeah. What's going to happen when the, when the season starts in December? Probably. And let me tell you why. Can we go to games? Yeah. What's happening? I went to a play at the Hell Center Theater. This is like a month ago. Yes, oh, that's right. Duh. I was with you. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was telling the story to my mom last night, right? My mom has season tickets. And, uh, you know, in all these places, like, you can't go to a football game. And if you are, or like a Real Salt Lake game or something, but if you go to that, you're, you know, you're sitting far apart and there's only one fourth of the season ticket holders. They rotate through or whatever. Dude, hell, same thing. Well, how crazy was that? Every full. seat was full. Wow. Every seat was full. And I thought, how in the hell are they allowed to do this? And I, I mean, I don't care. I mean, you had to wear your mask because you sat in the seat. Yeah, Everybody the had to time. wear the whole time. But I could sit right next to a stranger, 10 inches from their face, and the whole place was full. And, and let's be honest, you know, the demo, most of the demographic that go to <laughs> Health Center Theater are going to probably be 45 or older. A little bit yeah. older. Okay. Yep. And, and there's nothing, I mean, nothing wrong with that. It's just great. But I, I use that as an example of... There's no way that they could do that a month ago, and the Vivint Arena can't be full yeah. for a game. Now, yeah. I don't know if you're going to be cheering with a mask on, but once the vaccine kind of comes, I think, I think they will be jumping at any chance to get. And probably maybe for money, maybe for you know, those type of reasons. Oh, but, dude, I think, I think it's going to be back to normal pretty quick next year. Yeah, and I think that, that's a whole other conversation, too, is if, when they have a vaccine... Do you have to get it in order to go to a sporting event or to fly or to well, travel? Private companies, are start, they'll, they'll start making their own rules, I'm sure. But. Like, hey, you have to have this and proof of vaccination before you get on this airplane. That'll I be interesting. Know, man. That's just interesting. I mean, they don't mandate vaccinations now. I know. But yeah, this I is such I like, I mean, it's just either. like the flu, right? I don't think right? they will either. I don't think they will either. Now, this is a whole different topic that I we know. could do yeah. this <laughs> for another two hours. But back to normal. Yes, I think we'd be. Oh, digress. Let's, let's yeah. yeah. Cruise ships. That'll be cruise a ships. I don't think cruise right? ships will. I, I think it'll take years, maybe yeah. even like ten years, decade for them to get back. Because even you know, it's my twentieth anniversary next year, and my wife was like, "Let's go on a cruise." I'm like, "I don't even. I would love that, but I don't even know if even if they say they have it figured out, I don't know if it, it's really even going to be a thing. I mean." I don't know. Where are all these, where are all these cruise ships going to be? They're going to be some weird, crazy port, the bottom some of the country, yeah. and they're just going to be, it's going to be a boneyard, like a plane, you know, yeah. cruise ship boneyard. We're doing a, a trip right after Christmas, and the hotels are at like 40% occupancy. They're maxing them at that. Wow. Yeah, so okay, so they have a kind of rule, like we're only right going. Right now, yeah, but I wonder if cruise ships, if they could do the same, but say, okay, well, we're only going to book this at... 60% yeah. capacity. To they they will. They'll figure out something yeah. like that. But it's, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Oh, the world that we live in. Well, awesome, man. This has been good. Dude. This has yeah. been a blast. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. Like real people interaction. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Real people interaction. <laughs> and it's, a, yeah. hey, it's always fun, you know, 
most of the time people enjoy talking about themselves. I mean, I do. Sure. That's what I do all day long. I just like tell people, no, I'm just teasing. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, this is good. This is fine. Um, good to meet you finally and yeah. kind of get a little, little history there. Yeah, so we have, we do this at the end. We have a couple things we're going to, we're going to do it on a, on a lighter New side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the first one is I have, I have the lyrics of three songs. Okay. I'm just going to read the lyrics. Okay. And you have to tell me the artist and the name of the song. Okay. Do you have a genre of music that you listen to? Oh, I'm a, I'm an eighties guy, but eighties guy. Okay. I got an eighties in you. You got it close to an eighties. Yeah. But what, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, we got some nineties, eighties. I went, I didn't go for like, I got like. You didn't go to like Nelly. No, well, I got some country in here. I got like a little I guess okay. pop. I don't know. I got a little bit of everything. Okay. We'll, we'll give it a shot. And the good thing is I love this part too because I have no idea Yeah. either. All right. So it's me and you basically trying okay. to. Okay. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined your black tie affair. The last one to know, the last one to show. I thought, <clears throat> I thought, or excuse me, I was the last one you thought you'd seen there. And I saw the surprise and the fear in his eyes when I took his glass of champagne and toasted you. Said, honey, we may be through, but you'll never hear me complain. Now here's where you're probably going to know where it is. Because I've got friends in low places <laughs> where the whiskey <laughs> drowns that was a dead and I'll be okay. I'm not big on social graces. Think I'll slip down to the oasis. Oh, I've got friends in low places. Oh. You're from Pocatello, dude. Yeah. Is that? Uh, but who is it? It's the uh, it's the big popular guy. Not Garth Brooks, is it? Yeah, it's Garth Brooks. Okay. Okay. I was going right. to say, right. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Like, yeah, okay. Garth Brooks. Friends in low places. Well, yeah. how, hold on. How is that first I line going? How does the song? I don't know how I can't even think of how the song so goes. The tough thing is when you read it, dude, there's just, there's no, it's impossible yeah, to no, even remotely get the rhythm in the tune. I only know the lyrics of that, or yeah. the chorus, how that goes, but I can't even yeah. think of how that one goes. All right, one for one. Okay. Next one. As he came into the window was a sound of a crescendo. Oh, hold on. Okay, hold on. As you came into the window was the sound of a crescendo. He I came into one. her apartment. I know He one. left the bloodstains on, on the, carpet. the carpet. She ran underneath the table. He could see she was unable. So she ran into the bedroom. She was struck down. Struck down. It was her doom. Oh, I know this guy. This is, dude, yes. Okay. Annie. Easy. Are you okay? Annie, are you okay? So, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Yeah, Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Two did. for two. Two for two. That was good. All right. All right MJ, dude. One. I was trying to teach, tell my kids about MJ, you know, trying to give them a little bit of my childhood. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's just always, you know, you watch the Leaving Neverland, right? And it just, it's kind of ruined some of my childhood. Yeah. Kind of like, you know feel good songs and anything but I tried to steer away from telling him about that side of Michael Jackson and just like dude the music the is amazing yeah have you yeah. ever watched uh, there was like a 45 minute vi uh, movie that he did Ghosts the Halloween one no but it was um, like Smooth Criminal or uh, oh yeah I, I the last show that he made um, was it this is it or something. I can't yeah, remember what it was. Something like that yes um, that was phenomenal yes. just see those watch. are things like that's yeah. great stuff yeah. MJ Okay, last one. Two for two. Load up on guns. Bring your friends. It's fun to lose and to pretend. She's overboard and self-assured. I know this Oh, one. no. I know a dirty word. Hello? Hello, hello. How low? Hello, hello, hello. How low? Hello, hello, hello. How low? Hello, hello, hello. 
With the lights out, it's less dangerous. Here we are now, entertain us. I feel stupid and contagious. Here we are now, entertain us. A mulatto, an albino, a mosquito, my libido. Oh, yeah. I know this. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. This was, this was, not, this is early 90s. Yep. Yeah. Early 90s when I was in high school. Okay. This is right after you were in high school. <laughs> yeah, some, some of those lyrics ring a bell. Yeah. Grunge. Grunge. Oh. The biggest. So it would have been uh, um, Nirvana. Yep. Hello. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah dude. Yep. Kicking some boxes yeah. around. That was, yeah. was that the. Smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah. 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 God, it's so hard when you read that. It is. It's so different. It is. Yeah. There's no way I'm singing it. <laughs> dude, one of these, dude, one of these actually times. Get he it. needs to, I'm going to require <laughs> that you sing this song. Uh, no. Okay. So we, we end each, we do some would you rather questions. Okay. And the only rule is you just have to, you have to answer. You got to pick one. Okay. You can't say I'm not, I'm not choosing. All right. Because sometimes they both suck, but you got to choose the lesser of two okay. evils. Okay. I'm so in. We, we have one that we always ask. I always ask. So the, uh, would you rather Barry Bonds take his bat and home run swing right to the middle of your back or Tiger Woods takes his driver and tees off right to your shin hard as he can right to the front of, in front of your shin yeah right I'd take the Tiger Woods. Yeah, take the, Tiger yeah that's about an 80-20. Yeah. 80-20 most of the time. It used Tiger to be like a 50-50. Mostly because I just Yeah, want, but I then we, now we've, we've sample-sized normal thinking people. Like yeah. <laughs> and, there, and which is, there's only one option when you think about it. Like, worst case scenario, death, paralyzation, possibly. I mean, worst case scenario is a new lay. I mean, you've got to get an amputation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus you're hanging with Tiger Woods. Yes, and then so he's like, he's going to be yeah. your best friend forever. Yep. He's like, dude, do you remember that time I... Broke you know, your broke leg, that yeah. shit, guy's shin, dude. We're best friends since. Dude, I have one in here that I can't. <laughs> you can't, can't ask even, it. Well, I can ask it. I just can't. I can't think of an answer for it. It's awful. Okay. <laughs> All right. Would you rather be forced to listen to the same ten songs on repeat for the rest of your life? So anytime you listen to a song, you only have ten. And we can pick them. Yeah. You can pick the ten, but yep. that's it. Or forced to watch, you only have five movies on repeat for the rest of your life. Hmm. And so if you pick the movies, you cannot listen to any music. You don't have the life. music. Nope. There's no it's either music. movies or songs. Ten or five. Ooh, I take the music. Take the music. Music. Yeah. You know what, That's dude? A tough one. I think I would. I think I take the movies. Movies. I mean, you got podcasts. You can listen to podcasts in the car. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. So podcast, yeah, just no music. No music. And you know, there's music in movies. Yeah, you know, I mean, and that's like you know, five movies go, yeah. is like ten hours. You say, check content. out this soundtrack. Yeah, so you, ten you songs is system. like thirty minutes. Yeah. Yep. Damn. Okay. All right. All right. Would you rather have to speak in rhyme for the rest of your life? So anytime you know, you just got to rhyme to whatever they're saying, or you have to speak in riddles for the rest of your life. Ooh. Riddles. I think I'd go rhyme. Be like the. You'd be all-time rapper, dude. Yeah, yeah, you, say, yeah. Dude, you, yeah. you make a lot of you money. Make, yeah, it's true. Yeah, Everything riddles you say. just be misunderstood. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I mean, it's like, what the heck is that guy saying? Uh, would you rather have to use chopsticks every day for the rest of your life, or only use a fork for the rest of your life? I do fork. I, I get fork too. That was kind of. Yeah. 
I do fork. Yeah, that's a meh. Yeah. What kind of would you rather yeah. that? I don't know. <laughs> that's a bad one. Scratch that one. <laughs> would you rather never, let's see, would you rather never live without air conditioning or never be able to Other use ones. deodorant? No, dude, AC all the way. I have to have AC. Have to have AC. Yeah. I <laughs> Unless you're like somebody I'm, I'm, that's a heavy de deodorant user. Like if you don't use that, you just stink to high heaven or. Yeah, you know, yeah I think, yeah, I think you have to have AC. You have to have AC. Okay. You could crank that to 64, you know? Like. Yeah. Do you have a vegetable that you just hate? Or a food? Uh, I guess on the vegetable side, a mushroom. Mushroom, okay. Can't, we'll use a mushroom. Can't do that. All right, would you rather have to eat <laughs> only mushrooms for the rest of your life or be forced to watch a full season of keeping up with the Kardashians every day. Oh, I would. So hold on. How a many mushrooms? Season. How many mushrooms? Would you say how often are you eat mushrooms? I, that's you all have to have I them eat. every day. Not oh. all you eat, but you're eating them every day. So like at least one meal a day, there's mushrooms in the meal. You got mushrooms. Or you're watching a full season of keeping up with the Kardashians oh. every day. I think I could choke down the mushrooms. You choke down mushrooms? Yeah. Mine would be cucumbers. cucumbers yeah. yeah, would you, you know, pick cucumbers? I would, I would figure out the cucumbers. You figure it out. Okay. And even if I had to gag it down, like I just, I yeah. would, I would do that. Yeah, I don't know, dude. That's so much time. I'm I mean, even if, even if you enjoyed the Kardashians. I know, but you're oh. watching it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, would you? Okay, that's the last one. Would you rather get a paper cut every time you touch paper, or bite your tongue every time you eat? Oh my gosh. Probably with paper cuts. <laughs> Every time you touch paper, so you could avoid paper. You could, if you. I mean, if that's possible, I don't know. Yeah, I'd rather not. You don't. I mean, every time you ate. So at least you know three meals a day. Yeah, I'll tell you that'd be a good diet plan, though. <laughs> it would. You just wouldn't want to yeah, eat. Yeah, dude. My mouth is chewed up. Like it's just raw. I'd, I'd go paper. I yeah, think. I think I'd chew the paper. Paper. Okay. Uh, would you rather be able to detect every lie that you hear, so always know somebody's lying to you, or get away with every lie that you tell? As a, mm. as a married mm. guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes, that's a good one. I think, I think Hold on. in my early life, I would probably go get away with every lie. But yeah. now that I'm a, a parent and have kids, I think Detecting. I'd want to detect Every lie. I think. Yeah, but did you know how bad you don't? You'd have to be pretty evil. You'd probably turn out to be a bad guy, bad person to get away. If with If you every knew, lie. no matter what you were saying, dude, you'd get yeah. away with it. I mean, yep. you you would you would turn you'd probably turn into a pretty pretty big douche. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's. Uh, but you could tell people you were a good guy, and they'd believe you. I know that's yeah. what I'm saying, dude. Yeah. That'd be evil. That's like yeah. that's kind of a. That might be a superhero. That might be a superhero yeah. power. That could be. Yep. That's hard to say no to. Because <laughs> I got a little level of evil in me. I don't think, I think I might try that one. If you could control that. that I think could I be, might yeah. try that. Maybe if I just, yeah. And who cares if my kids lie to me? They lie anyway. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. you, got, you got a certain level of BS meter anyway. <laughs> yeah. Because you're the best liar in the world and you know. Yeah. Eh, okay. Could be. Could That's be. One. Did you pick one? I'm going to go with. Uh, no one you're being lied to. No one you're being lied to. Be able to detect. Okay. Yep. Uh, would you rather have to use sandpaper as toilet paper or hot sauce as eye drops? Still gets the job done, both of them, but it's just the <laughs> sensation of 
the feeling that you get when you use it. I'm going to go with the sandpaper, assuming <laughs> calluses might be possible. That's a great answer. <laughs> Just like, dude, like your hands. Bro, well, what's down. the grit? I don't know. You gotta, what's don't the, the grain here? 3,000, yeah. Yeah, what are we talking like? Uh, metal sandpaper? Or what no, are they called? No, like the wet sandpaper? No. We're talking like... Talking like I mean, maybe not grip. the most gritty, but I mean, you're going to feel it, especially early on. I might do eye drops. Until until I never, you, until I never use callus. eye drops anymore. Until those calluses form. <laughs> I don't use eye drops. I'm going hot sauce. Okay. Uh, would you rather always have the feeling like there's something in your eye, but there isn't, or the feeling like you have to sneeze, but you don't? Not the worst. You're going to... I think I... Think I, I yeah, you should be doing this all day. Blinking. Yeah, and then you, people can think you have Tourette's and <laughs> yeah. you're doing something weird. Maybe they still think that was sneezing. They might. I don't know. Yeah. That's a that's a tough one too. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, would you rather be buried alive or stranded at sea? Hold on. What? You're saying. Buried alive or stranded, like you're doggy paddling or you're on like a flotation? Maybe you're on a flotation. You're just stranded at sea. Maybe you're on a, yeah, I don't you know. Gotta, you got to do what, on what though? I'm like going to say you're on a raft. Dinghy, like a little a raft. raft. A dinghy, yeah, sure. Okay. But you don't know where to go. You're just, no food. Middle no of nowhere. No food, you're just at sea. If, if death is the outcome of both, I would be buried alive because it'd be faster so is the debt yeah you're gonna but die regardless is that kind of the or is there a chance a little the cruise yeah, ship comes I by think, or something yeah, some, i think it's just you're dead you're okay so your outcome is death how do you want to buried die alive dude buried i mean alive. you're it's gonna go quicker right yep you'll yeah, just suffocate you'll, you'll pass out okay but what if you don't know let's say buried alive you think you're gonna die but stranded at sea you don't know that you're going to die. Oh, I'm going to see. Yeah, I'd take a chance. But you're still going to die. But you don't know that you are. I think the hope. Like yeah, I think I'd, I'd still at least try to. Okay. So you're telling me there's still no chance for me to fashion some type of hook and catch fish and or like there's, I mean, you don't have anything you could try. Come by or might want to try to <laughs> punch a shark and. Punch a shark like he's captured. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Oh, this one's so good. <laughs> okay. Don't take offense. Would you rather <laughs> have to watch your parents have sex for once a day for the rest of your life or join in once to make it stop? I was so... This is going... This is going uh, uh, this is so I've heard this one many times before, and this has been in different settings. Um, not that this is inappropriate, because this is this is by far the worst. Would you rather? I've what, what was the and second I've one? I was so before. upset by the first one. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't hear the second. Uh, uh, okay, I don't think you want to know. Uh, so watch, right? One day for the rest of your life, or you join in once to make it stop. Well, you join in once. That's it. Done. And that's it. It's done. <laughs> I think there's only one right answer. Dude, I don't. Yeah. Neither answers are right. Who wants to answer that? Who? No one wants to answer that question. Yeah. But I will, because you have to join in once. <laughs> and end the misery. You have because there's no way you're gonna do that. I mean, you're telling me, 
At my, I mean, it'd be, it'd be decades. You would want to live for a long time. It'd be decades. How many yeah. hundreds, thousands? Every, no. Decades of Easy. therapy bills. It is so morbid. It's, so, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's insane, but there's only one right answer to that question. That's a great answer. depending oh. on who you're talking to. Terrible. That, that was a cap. Yeah. Cap that. Yeah. You kept that, that off, right. off real well there, reader. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks, Appreciate you guys. coming on. It's been way cool. Yeah. Thank you. And cut. Ready break. Ready break.